When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PNE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're taking a look back at the transfer window. We'll be discussing the draw against Swansea City at the weekend, looking ahead to Wigan away on Saturday, talking team news and answering some questions sent in to us. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me is Dave Seddon. We're going to be talking about all things PNE and a bit more as per usual. We're here at UConn to record the podcast, so we'd like to say thanks to the university once again. Dave, number two, we're back. Here we go. This is it. Second episode, yeah. We'll come back for more. Looking forward to it. Come back, kids. Right. <laughs> Let's get straight into it then. Transfer window. All done and dusted. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I wrote in the paper and on the website um, on Friday night, no offence, as far as the incomings were concerned, no offence transfer window opened on... January the 9th and shut on January the 9th you know just the one deal with Scott Sinclair coming in uh, outward you know not a lot either Andre Green's con- uh, loan cancelled Chris Maxwell's contract cancelled and some of the younger players going out on loan various clubs to get experience so um, probably not the most exciting windows and that it probably apart from you know the odd club throughout the Football League it probably mirrored the whole Transfer window is a quite, you know, not the most exciting one anywhere. I thought, you know, you, that, that lot down the road at Blackpool. I think, <laughs> I think they brought thirteen players in and got rid of twelve. Yeah, but pretty much a new team. No, yeah, that was very much the exception to the rule. But overall, you know, you look in the Premier League, probably the top teams did very, very little. You know, Man United limited themselves to one loan signing at the end. Um, so. And you know, throughout the you know through the championship, you know it's sort of two, three signings really at the most. I would have said for club. Yeah, I mean, we can we can pretty much sum up deadline day. So the, the I mean North End's deadline day was ninth of January, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. There was there was very little. There was very little going on. It there was very little chance of anything going on in particular. It's just. Sinclair came in and there was just no more no yeah. no more business for North End really. That's right, yeah. First of all though, that's not people will have their own views on the transfer window. Um what and what North End have done and what they've not done without throwing the baby let's not throw the baby away with the bathwater here. Let's say this <laughs> Scott Sinclair was a damn good signing. Yeah. Um a marquee signing, you would have said. Um they're only signing, but 
you know, let's not move away from this. All have only done one signing. This wasn't a chap coming in from League One or League Two. You mm. know, let's try and polish him up. A, a, you know, a rough diamond, a raw player. This this is a seasoned professional played at the very top level, still capable of playing at a very top level, and it, it was a great deal. So let's not with what what else has not happened. Let's not cloud the Sinclair signing I think the Sinclair signing was absolutely I really do think it's an exciting signing and as we've seen on Saturday mm. with the goal he scored against Swansea um, you know he proved that and I think he showed glimpses in you know in his previous performances as well um, but I think you know the, the other issues is like why was he the only one or mm. was that the right thing to do was that the wrong thing to do yeah so a lot of North End fans will be worried that there hasn't been extra cover brought in at fullback, left back specifically. Maybe extra cover up front. Obviously, we spoke last week on the podcast that Louis Malt hasn't been replaced. Where do you stand on that lack of lack of cover? Let's say. I would have liked to have seen another striker brought in. I've said that consistently. If there was only ever going to be one other deal done, I would have liked it to be a striker. That said, I don't. I wouldn't have just wanted to sign a striker just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Just pluck someone from the lower divisions, for example, and polish it up. Who is going to be no better than what they had? If they're going to bring someone in, it had to be, you know, a lot better. And there you are shopping in a limited market there, yeah, especially uh, in January. Especially in January, yeah. So the stra- the, they have got numbers. They have got players who can play up front. I don't think there's a shortage of cover, but it's whether they've got the right kind of player up there to fit the system or whatever um, as for other areas the left back one doesn't worry me quite as much as it has some people mm-hmm. um, Andrew Hughes is back training he played in the Lancashire Cup last week um, he wasn't Alex Neal didn't throw him back into the squad against Swansea on Saturday explained that he just felt he'd done three training sessions, the Lancashire Cup, an hour in the Lancashire Cup game. Yeah. And he said, probably just needed a little bit more than that. On Bearing in mind, he's had four quite chunky-sized injuries this mm. season. And he needed, probably, you know, he was coming back. And probably not his fault either. It's not as if it's a one injury which was causing yeah. an issue. It's not as if he was pulling his hamstring each time. Yeah. Hamstring was a first injury. Can't really legislate covered. for a broken foot, can you? No, you can't. No, he kicked the bottom of someone's foot there. At Birmingham, I think it was, the second injury he got. Someone kicked him up on the hip and um, did some damage there. And I think the latest one was a rolled ankle, twisted, you know, what we call a twisted ankle, a sprained ankle sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know, with the ligament. So... But he, I think Alex Neal just felt he wanted a little bit more time on the training pitch for Andrew Hughes. So maybe I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at Wigan on Saturday. But with with the left back situation, yet yeah, Joe Rafferty's playing there, a converted right back playing over there, done very well this season. Obviously, a little bit of criticism came his way during the Swansea match. Mm. Andre Ayew played down his side of the pitch. Swansea, I thought, played a lot of balls out to him in the first half. Mm. Uh, which maybe caught him out a little bit better. Losing a lot of headers as well, I thought, first he, off. Yeah, yeah. You don't really think of Swansea as sort of playing it. They weren't direct or anything, but you don't really think of them lobbing it up into the yeah. air to that side. But the, it, it was something they did. Uh, as Alex Neal pointed out, he thought, to use his phrase, Rafferty tidied it up as the yeah. game went on. And I think he, probably in general, with quite a few of his teammates on Saturday, got better as the game went yeah, on. Grew into now, it. Yeah, so if you're going to have Hughes back, if you've got Rafferty now, who has played a lot more games this season than Hughes has at left back, yep. you have probably got sufficient cover 
there. It wasn't... If you had the money to go out and get one, of course, you mm. would have brought another one in. But I think I think they can get away with that one. Yeah, especially the way that Alex Neal seems to, to like Tom Clark and he mm. seems to rate him. I think he sees him as sufficient cover on that right side. I think at the start of the season, if... Rafferty then had not made the impact he has at left back there definitely would have been cover yeah. brought in in this window but because of the impact Rafferty's had and I tweeted about it at the weekend saying that I think he deserves a bit of credit for, for his performances and and as much as you probably did get the better of him early doors which most Swansea players probably did get the better of North End's yeah. early doors I, I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he developed into it and, and let's not forget West Ham played paid twenty million pounds for Andre Ayew, mm-hmm. so he's not. He's and and this is up against a right back who's come from Rochdale eighteen months ago or whenever it was. So, you know, I think I think he deserves credit for what he's done. He's never going to be that outlet going down the left. Hughes likes to carry the ball forward twenty yards and sometimes put that early ball in. Rafferty can't do that. He it, it is noticeable that when it goes down to that left side, that he has to turn back on his right foot and he has to play it back, but. He's very solid. He's only had one yellow card this season, which as a, as a fullback, I think is very impressive. The defensive side of the game for him, I think is brilliant. Mm-hmm. The other side of the game, not so much, but I think it's it's fairer to judge him when he's on the right side. I don't think he's going to be as progressive as, as Darnell Fisher, no. but I think it's harsh necessarily to judge him as a left-back. Yeah, if you, if you see with Rafferty, as you say, I think you see his sort of right foot tendency when they're going forward. Mm. When it t- when it comes to a cross, he, he, he tends to want to have it on his right foot. Yes. Defensively, he can he can use his left foot to clear it. He, he's fine with that. It's a bit ironic, really. You go on about the yellow, one yellow card this season. He also got a red card against Fulham, <laughs> but he was playing it right back that day, yeah. that evening. You know, it was, um, we thought that was his chance, didn't yeah, we? We thought that was, his, that was it gone. It was his, one of the rare occasions he's played it right back this season. He went in on Joe Bryan, wasn't it, rather, yeah. uh, rather rashly, and uh, got himself a free match ban there. Yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, so funny how, you know, strange how those things work out, really. Now, deadline day, not a North End deal, but one that does affect North End. Josh Brownhill going to Burnley. We think there is, well, we know there is a sell-on. The amount, not not so much, necessarily. We think it's probably around 10 to 15%. Yeah. Not as much as the 20 or 25% that may have been banded around a little bit. But though, in, in, I suppose, in a way, it, I don't I suppose it depends on the structure of the deal as to how much North End get immediately. But there will have been a bit of money there for North End off the back of that deal, yeah. won't there? Yeah, it was a sell-on clause. Um, where did Brown will go? June 2016, he was at the end of his contract, mm-hmm. but with him being, he was only 2021 20, then, it's under the age of 20. If had he been 24 or over, yep. it would have just have been the uh, a normal the Bos- system. It would have been a Bosman, you know, yep. goodbye lads, that's it. But with him having, you know, with him being under under the age of 24 at the time, North End were able to, um, collect, you know, were negotiating a sort of, they call it youth training compensation package. And, um, he got some money at the time from Bristol City, I think somewhere around three or four hundred thousand. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, obviously, part of the deal was um, a sell-on clause of the profit. You know, if Bristol City sold him for a profit, yeah. they get a percentage of that profit. As you know, as you mentioned there, you know, deal 
different different deals uh, structured in different ways you know in the past some clubs have got a, as much as a 25% sell on clause I think that's quite extreme at one end yep. at the other end there might be a sort of 5%, 5% or something I guess with North End it was somewhere as you say between 10 and 15 roughly yep. that's on the profit if they're talking about Brownhill going about 9 maybe well I'd heard 9 the, the, he had a clause for this coming summer yeah and he was getting seven. into the last year of his contract that it was seven. Yeah. Now, obviously, maybe Bristol City have tried to sell in January to raise a bit more money. Or, yeah, you, you heard nine mentioned. I heard it was closer back to seven. Right. You know, but I don't think we'll ever know. The EFL mm. rules are undisclosed transfers, yeah. so you'll never know. Yeah. Um, knock off the little bit of money that North End got three years ago for him because sell-on clauses are on a profit, not not the whole amount, you yeah. know. So knock off, you know, the profit, you know, so the profit that Bristol City make. So it's still going to be a tidy sum, you know. Yeah. And um, But it, as I say, it only came, what, on day before transfer day, yeah, money get so. about eight hundred thousand, maybe if yeah. it's around the seven, uh, the, around the seven million mark. You're looking at about, yeah, about that. It's not, not, not bad. A, it's not bad. It's not yeah. a great deal to work with on on the last day necessarily. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, no, I don't, exactly. I yeah. don't think many will want to part with no. a player at championship quality mm. for that kind of money on deadline day, unless they're older. But that's never really been yeah. North End's approach, yeah. has it? So if you think you were the Brown Hill thing, say he did get three or four. Hundred thousand at a time when when he went, plus a sell on. You're looking at a million pound player there, which mm. not too bad. You know, Man United had released him, hadn't he, as a schoolboy? I think yep. North End picked him up for the last about year, 15, or so. 16 Yeah, about yeah. last year or so of his apprenticeship, and yeah. then you know came on as a sort of first, you know, a young pro, and um, yeah. So he's developed into quite a pretty good player, actually. You know, yeah. don't think he's embarrassed North End in, in any way. No, he's not it, gone on to be an absolute top top you know Premier was... League player but you know he's been tidy in the championship he's yeah. been Bristol City's captain very mm. highly thought of down there yeah. uh, but they've obviously decided this is the time to cash in he's come home nearer home he's a Warrington lad yeah. so it brings him back to the North West uh, so it's probably he wants a chance in the Premier League with Burnley um, and Bristol City thought yeah time to cash in he's coming running you know looks like he's starting to run his contract down a little bit only had a year left if he got into the summer, which is always clock ticking time, isn't it? Yeah. So don't want to uh, lose them for nothing. No. Um, yeah. So probably just a product of circumstance because he always had um, Brownie in front of him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Right. Quick summary then. Transfer window. Mm-hmm. Have North End finished it stronger than they started, and have they finished both transfer windows stronger than they started? I think the stronger down the left side now. I'd have. Sinclair above Andre Green, I think. Yeah. I think that's you know whatever. I think Green is a decent player, but I think Sinclair is a better player. Yeah. Um, you, you might argue that they're, they're still not as strong as they were up front. You know, as a central striker, when you got you got Stockley, you've got David Nugent, you've got Maguire can play in there, but obviously he's preferred elsewhere. Barcaves and can play in there, but mm-hmm. maybe more naturally a winger. So you have got players who can fit in there. Uh, so, and on both windows, you'd say the piece of business to bring Patrick Bauer in during the summer improved the defence. Um, so, I think they are sort of as bit, over the two windows since the summer, they are a little bit sort of where they were sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's probably a Not bit weaker, but I wouldn't say absolutely powerful, strong. Yeah, because. If you look at obviously Bauer coming in is a, a brilliant signing, but you lose Malt, you don't really replace him. 
green goes you replace him with Sinclair obviously that's an increase in quality but you're kind of still getting like for like not necessarily adding no. to it too much are you but yeah. the you know they're still a good enough side I don't think that I don't think the the question in the summer or even in January necessarily was to overhaul the squad and add loads and loads of quality it was just kind of finishing touches I think maybe the summer before last mm-hmm. we were we were hoping just to add a bit more quality and make that extra push I think that was off the back of the 14th place finish wasn't it but mm-hmm. um this year is more a case of tidying up, just kind of polishing bits. Yeah. We knew that they could be there or thereabouts. It's the added quality now. Mm. The, the numbers are there. The the younger players who they've brought in are a little bit more experienced than what they were. You've had the bonus this year of DJ, for example. Yep. Um, certainly possessed. going up another level, you know, or re- regaining a level from maybe where he was or the change his position helping him. Other players are maturing nicely as well, but... Um, but as I say, I think think probably about where they are, you know. So I think, and in terms of what what's that going to do for them over the, this last part of the season, I think they are capable of competing up for a top six place. Yep, definitely. They will be judged the league position in May on the second of May when they finish at Bristol City. They will be judged. January will be judged yep. on where they finish. People look back and go. Did they do enough in January? Was it enough? You know, was it absolutely spot on? And that will all come down to league position. Yeah. And that is the time to judge it. Because people, We've all got our thoughts now. Yeah. Um, negatively or positively. Uh, but ultimately, it will be judged in May. Yeah, because I think people are starting to question the ambition a little bit where those extra funds had been thrown in potentially could make all the difference it's it's, it's more a risk is there that risk that you do it that you you throw some more money at it because they're not far off no i don't think they're far off but did did you just need that little bit more you know it's um you do wonder if a if a four million pound naki wells might just make the difference might just get that extra seven or eight goals to 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 just push on or unfortunately with north end's case for they've not they've never gone if if you're talking about Wells being a four million pound signing, they've not got within half of that no. in, in, with a transfer fee. Yeah. I think as well with North End, I think where the issue is with the wages, I think they could, you know, a, a bigish fee. You can spread it over two or three payments. That's mm. it's just sort of two or three one-off pay, you know, like payments like that. It, it's the wage that goes with it. If if you're bringing in a player for four million pound, for example, that player on four million pounds isn't going to be accepting. A sort of lowish wage. They're going to be, they're going to be asking well in excess of what North End pay on wages. I would have thought at the moment, yeah. um, they've got a sort of certain ceiling there. Every club's got a wage structure. North End's is probably a little bit lower than quite a few yeah, others in this definitely. division. That's where the issue is. So do you gamble? Do you risk bringing a player in on maybe two or three times what others are on, mm. and then? Not everyone in the squad is going to think I want I want the same, but there's yeah, got but always there a knock on effect. There's always there? got to be two or three going. Hey, hang on, is he any better than me? Yeah, I fancy a bit of that, you yeah. know. And they're going in, they're knocking on the door. I want that, and suddenly the it, it's the sort of the the wages become an issue. And I think it's it's paying those wages, isn't it? Month after month after month, for sort of yeah. the player signs for three or four million. You're gonna, you're not gonna sign him on a on a two year contract. They're gonna be minimum of three, if not four. Yeah. You know, so if you're sort of, you know, you know, sort of guaranteeing that you're out for over the next four years, you're gonna be getting 
25, 30 grand a week. Mm. That's a hell of a commitment, isn't it? And North End aren't really ones to give out four-year deals. Now, anyway, you Swansea. Do, you do, there's one uh, or two. Bayless. Susan, Bayless, Hanley. Story, uh, yeah, Har- I've got four years. Not, yeah, not many, though. Yeah. Not, 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 yeah. not... The younger, the, the younger, real promising ones. Yeah, the, they're not exactly throwing them out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Swansea, then. So, team shape, change back to four two three one. Alex Neal used the word shoehorn, didn't he? He just yeah. wanted to get all those players in. I suppose you, you win 3-0 away from home. The system works perfectly there. The players individually all played brilliantly. Mm. It's hard to drop them, isn't it? When they're in such good form, Barkeys and scores two mm. and, and, and DJ gets one or full-backs are pre- pushing forward and getting involved. It's very hard to drop them, especially when you can technically fit them into that 4-2-3-1 shape, yeah. which he did. Yeah. We thought he'd play Sinclair down the centre again. Sinclair instead started on the right, which I, I personally didn't expect too much because he doesn't really strike me as the type of player to cut in from the right all too much, although Harrop is kind of centre or left. he can't. He, I wouldn't expect him to play on the right. He went with Barkhazen down the middle. Probably not the, the best of days for him, just mm. wasn't much in it for him. Not service for him. It was all about keeping the faith, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, if you think when you win 3-0 away from home... <laughs> It, it must be if the, if he'd made changes to that and it backfired and they got beat at home, the manager would have got absolutely dogs abuse. So they yeah. might change a winning side. Now they played this diamond at Barnsley with Barkhazen and Sinclair up front. Effectively, two players more naturally at home on the wings played up front with that diamond. It worked an absolute treat. But yeah. as they tried to explain, it worked perfectly against Barnsley because they matched Barnsley play exactly the same system. Um, they don't push players on at all up the side, so their full backs don't get up the pitch. So there's no need to sort of, you know, push out to the sides. Mm. They played Barnsley played two up front, so there was no wide, wide players, you know. So it worked a treat. But Swansea, you know, a whole different kettle of fish, isn't it? You know, four two three one, quite expansive that front four, two, two wide, two wide, you know, two wide attackers and whatever. So they sort of matched them up. And when he said he was shoehorning them in, he, you know, he was because. I don't think he wanted to bring in a more defensive player, but you, you were just thinking the, the way the fact he brought David Nugent on after 65 minutes, which sometimes is quite an early sub for mm. for, for him, um, showed he wanted a sort of different kind of attacker. Um, so you know he, he had he brought Harrop off, who was a little bit unlucky, I thought, to come off. You know, yeah. it could have been. I thought he yeah, he did did well. okay, yeah. Uh, but he, he wanted Nugent there up front to sort of link the play. Then he was able to have DJ off him. He had Sinclair on one side, Barkays and on the other. Um, so yeah, it was back to the four-two-three-one. Um, you know, it's, it's that number ten position as well. Harrop's done really well there, but mm. DJ, you know, is a very good player. I think he had to play there. And when when, when you, we say Harrop got moved out to the left, not once was it, he didn't play as a winger. Let's get mm. that straight. Yeah. He was almost playing as another number 10. You know, a lot of his play was quite, you know, noticeably inside the pitch, you know, like close to the other two. So, you know, it can work work doing that. So might be worth bearing in mind that it gives Rafferty a little bit less of an outlet down that side as well. Yeah, yeah. So, second half was a lot better from North End. They're still top of the home table. Mm -hmm. It's it's still not the end of the world. And, um, you know, they may have... I think it's four, four games at home, one win, or is it 
Well, they lost a yeah, they lost, they lost a Middlesbrough, Red in the middle, Middlesbrough. But they lost, recovered to lost to Norwich in the cup, yeah. But then it was a win against Charlton and um, yeah. a draw against Swansea. So that's one win in four at home. Yeah. Now that's not the end of the world. We no. those those games against Middlesbrough and Reading, we know were against the two form sides mm-hmm. in the division, and they didn't play that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean they, they just had an off day. Let's be yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Um, still top of the the home table. That's still going to be a massive part of the push for promotion, I suppose. Now we'll we'll, we'll come to Wigan shortly, but it's just about making sure that that carries on. I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, they got the very strong home form. Sort of no offence of not being a home team. Uh, yeah, really for the Strange, last three, or four, you know, for quite a while, you know, they they're quite strong in Grayson's last season. Simon Grayson's last season, I think, at mm. home than they were, but. There's been a lot of times when their away record has actually sort of been marginally better than the home record, but yeah. this season it has really gone to the, you know, the ex- very very powerful home record, not so good away, but yeah. they're actually unbeaten in four away at the moment, mm. which isn't a bad, you know, yeah. which isn't a bad um, uh, record when you think yeah, they've been to Leeds in that time and, and Cardiff. So, yeah, but they, they, they just need, you know. A draw against Swansea, as you say, not the end of the world, but had they beaten Swansea, they could have put a bit more daylight between mm. them. And the, and, the, and the pack. And, yeah, uh, you know. they're off the three points behind the top six now, which isn't the end of the world with 16 games to go, but you, you, you don't want the gap to grow too much more. Yeah. You, it'd be nice to sort of keep it in touch where one result can make a difference. You don't yeah. really want to be having to win two or three. And Swansea's Hope still only one point behind. It could yeah. have developed that gap to the yeah. next best place and all that sort of Swansea stuff. Swansea aren't in the best of form at the moment. So, mm. you know, they could have opened up, you know, if we, if we'd managed to beat them, could have opened up a, a, a little gap, a four-point gap there and uh, closed it on the top six, yeah. And we can't move on without saying Scott Sinclair yeah. did a goal. Yeah. Scott Sinclair has scored. He's got his first North End goal. Mm-hmm. It's a really well-worked goal. And there's, there's like a mini goal of the season competition going on at North End at the moment. Harrop involved with, with two of them. The, the first goal at Barnsley when it's really well worked and now Sinclair in almost half length of the pitch and and putting it into the far corner. And we were speaking to Alex Neil after the game and basically saying that North End have now have that player who can conjure something out of nothing, mm-hmm. which which everyone loved about McGeady, which I thought came with Callum Robinson before just before he left there was a goal I think against Ipswich where he's just sort of harmlessly running across the face of the box and he puts it in the bottom corner and the keeper doesn't move mm-hmm. um, North End have that now in Scott Sinclair he can he can produce these magic moments and, and Alex Neil said that's a hallmark of, of the top sides yeah I think you know Sinclair's goal as you say he's known more for playing as a, on the, he's a right footed player and he's known more for playing on the left and cutting inside well mm. he did the opposite on you know, he was playing on the right and he sort of came inside, got a Darnell, another assist from Darnell Fisher there, yes. let's not forget. Does yes. a throwing count as an assist? Of course it does. Yeah, of course yeah. it does. And then, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, Sinclair, just he just moved through the gears, didn't he, down that sort of right channel, coming inside on his left foot. He left, there's a player trying to catch him up from behind who he left for dead. Yep. But then, there's two Swansea players on the edge of the box who just didn't commit. <laughs> I know both can't come to him, but you thought one of them might have engaged yep. a little bit. But he sort of, 
I, I, I don't know. If, I, I, they might have been happy to be shepherding him across onto his left foot, yeah. rather than sort of maybe do a bit wary of him being right footed going and on the outside. If and, step in, he yeah. might be at a jink past. Or... But he came inside, and it was a wonderful finish into the far mm. corner. And I think you know to, to coin the song, it was magical, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a, it was a fine finish. Right, you know, bounced round the keeper, bounced into the bottom corner. Fantastic. And as you say, they have scored some quality goals this season. Harrop's against um, Rovers. Rovers. Um, the one against Charlton yeah. with the, the following the game. Foot. And then you think of Barcazans against Rovers at Deepdale, yeah. the winner. Absolutely yeah. magnificent goal. Yeah. You know, so. And then there's the one at Barnsley, that team goal, where yeah. Darnell Fisher gets another assist. King of the king of the simple assists recently, where he just yeah. simply laid it back to Harrop, who yeah. takes the ball out, pings it into the far corner of his left foot, takes a nice simple throw into Sinclair, who does all the work and puts it into the corner. Obviously, it was a, a lovely turn from Fisher at Barnsley to mm-hmm. create the space for him to square it to Barcazan, but that's... Uh, three assists in uh, in his recent games. Right, let's look ahead to the weekend then. Wigan mm. away. They've only coming into the game having beaten Leeds yeah. at Ellen Road yeah. um, for the second game, season running. Game before that, they uh, beat Sheffield Wednesday, who were who were no mugs. So yeah. they're coming into it in a in a bit of form, especially as far as 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 Wigan go this season. Yeah, um, I think Wigan's issue this season has been they've been taking leads in yeah. games. And they, they've they've had a torrid time of being, you know being one nil up and losing two one. It's happened mm. to them a hell of a lot. But maybe they've just these last few weeks have found a little bit of form, you know, a bit more, you know, to go to Leeds and you know take the lead and hold on to it. I think they scored direct from a corner, didn't mm. they? Near enough, I think someone might have got a bit of a touch on the way through, but an inadvertent one. So yeah, we, you know, we, Wigan are improving, but if North End have promotion ambitions. Mm. They have to be going to a side lower down the table and looking at however tough it will be, because that's what the division is all about. Yeah. But they have to be going down there and looking to get three points. Yeah, they have to put these sides away. I suppose early on in the season, people were getting quite excited about North End in the way that they put, in the way that they put uh, Barnsley away, the the five one at home, and uh, and you, you go to a side who are twenty second mm. in the league, they're mm. two points off safety. Their their home record is is pretty poor if you look at the at the home table I mentioned it earlier they're 20th in the home table so mm-hmm. the record at home isn't great but on the other side of that North End a 16th in the away table yeah. so North End's away record is is poor really yeah. won three away all season but you'd think there's no better place to go than a local side and to go and and get a win especially having lost their last season yeah they have done quite well against the sides lower down the season when you think they've beaten Luton yeah, mainly at home but they've done the double on Barnsley they've beaten yeah. Luton they've beaten Stoke they've beaten Huddersfield who are all down there that little group beaten Wigan at home so it's, it's if they can go and, and do it away really so yeah if they could find you know as I say four unbeaten away from home now if they could you know add a win to that you know there's been the win at Barnsley two draws before that you know, three draws before that, wasn't it? You know, so if they, you know, they can't, they can push on from there and try and get something. Um, call it a local derby. It's a northwest derby, really. Like yeah. that's, uh, we can technically are in Greater Manchester, but it's not far away. I was a little bit surprised yesterday to see ticket sales around. Well, Sunday wasn't it the announced. I think around the fifteen hundred mark. Mm. Now, I don't think this game's ever going to have the same appeal as Blackburn away, yeah. where you're taking six thousand. But maybe you know. 
a bigger away following, you know, they will sell more than 1,500, but I thought they might have sold a few more by now, but obviously you've got the issue, a lot of people aren't paid in January until the end of January, they've had Christmas, yep. saving up, they've shelled out a lot of Rovers. A big attraction is Fulham, they, they yeah. sold what more than four, around 400, 400. tickets yeah. in 90 minutes by yeah. half past 10 on a Monday morning. That sold 400 tickets just like that. You know, yeah. Preston fans are going by land and sea to that one. You know, the, <laughs> there's two ferries booked to take yeah. them down the river. It's fantastic. So, um, so maybe you know, at this time of year, people's pockets are stretched. Um, I would, I would expect there to be a good sort of two and a half, three thousand following yeah. there. It's on telly, half twelve, but. Mm. Do you really want to sat, just sit there watching it in the pub next to next to the pub expert sat drinking a sort of pint of rubbish, you know, lager or something? Go on, get get you know, if possible, get down there and, and, and support them. Yeah, it's worth mentioning as well mm. that Anthony Robinson will mm. probably feature in the game. The man who had his AC Milan move break down in January now. Yeah. I don't know how you pick yourself up from going. You've 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 gone on the plane with Paolo Mandi, Maldini, who came out to meet you and 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 grease you up a bit and make sure the move goes through, and then you come back to earth with North End at the DW. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, I, what a bizarre scenario. Yeah, but he, apparently they've been watching. He was linked earlier in the window, and people were laughing at it. But it was it was obviously a genuine inquiry, you know, and that. You say Greece for a move to AC Milan. I, I wouldn't need Greece in for that. I'd be there, right? Where do I sign? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, unfortunately for the lad, he's um, th- not failed his medical, but the medical showed up something which needed a little bit more investigation. Complications. Yeah, and they wanted some further test running, which um, was going to take two or three days, which obviously took him beyond the transfer, you know, the, the deadline. So unfortunately for the lad, it, you know, it didn't go through. I don't, he wasn't involved at Leeds on Saturday I think he was in the way end with the Wigan fans actually so uh, but it is you know m- must be pretty heartbreaking for him but maybe it's one they can resurrect in the summer but mm. it, you know you just wonder what, what AC Milan you know like <laughs> yeah. we go on about some teams like you know Brentford for example doing all the money ball things over yeah. you know or his stats fit you know was have have AC Milan done similar with this you know mm. Anthony Robinson you know he was on Everton's books for quite a while wasn't yeah. he? I think they signed him from there so um, yeah, but no. For you know, there's there's sometimes in football, you know, you think, oh, why is a player wanting to move? You know, but you just couldn't begrudge that lad that <laughs> move, could you? No, yeah. I was jealous. Yeah. Um. So Wigan's top scorer this season, mm-hmm. Jay Dunkley, on five yeah, centre half. Yeah. So goals clearly an issue, mm-hmm. but as well as that, North End generally from set pieces mm-hmm. are pretty pretty decent at defending them yeah. don't, don't concede too many from corners and there's certainly a, a, a an issue with Alex Neal if he comes off the game and they've conceded from set pieces I remember Bristol City he was pretty mm-hmm. he was pretty annoyed um, so if North End are able to stifle that threat from Wigan mm-hmm. looking at uh, the the next top scorer I think is um, well, was Windass who's now gone out on loan. He had four. Kiefer Moore has three. Another 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 big lad who mm-hmm. is going to want that aerial battle, which Bauer and, and Davies generally are, mm-hmm. are, are happy to happy to do. If North End can win that aerial battle, where where do we can score? Mm-hmm. Would, you know, it's it's one of them where it may be a case of North End, which we've seen before this season maybe just not carving out chances yeah. mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to talk too soon and Wigan go and score four yeah. mm-hmm. but it it might be a bit of a 
a bit of an attritional battle for yeah. North End. It's probably one where we're going to go to come at them early on, see what they can do, try and win corners, try and win free kicks in you know decent areas. But you know, I think North End just have to go and play the normal game, win the mm. battles. They've got the players who can win the battles, try and try and sort of you know stamp their authority on it. And um, you know, if they, North End get ahead in a game, the stats show they, they, they tend to get something out of it. Mm. So um, that's you know, that, you know, if big bigger away support behind them, hopefully they can do that. Be interesting. Team selection will be interesting yep. from what we talked about earlier about the shoehorning players in. Mighty goal for more of a sort of recognised striker this time in a, a new or a Stockley to start. Remember against Deepdale, he played Louis Malt, didn't he? He changed mm-hmm. it off in that first game of the season. They'd lost at Millwall. I think he made four or five changes for the, for the Wigan game, first home game of the season. Brought DJ in, brought Louis Malt in, made one or two other changes here and there, and it worked an absolute yeah, treat. You know, brilliant. but Malt was in there as a sort of link striker, you know, a recognised centre forward. So I just wonder if he, you know, if he might do that again with Nugent or Stockley. Yeah, that brings us perfectly onto our. Our team news. We'll touch briefly as well on the on the Lancashire Cup because that kind of comes in part and parcel as we mentioned before. Hughes got an hour mm-hmm. in the Lancashire Cup, won't be rushed back, which I think is wise. Obviously, we mentioned before that they're not all necessarily muscular injuries. We had it um, a season he's or only two had ago. One, yeah, he's only had one muscular injury. All the others have been sort of strains and you know like contacts. So. Yeah, so we mentioned a couple of seasons ago, didn't we? That that people seem to be being rushed back a little bit or brought back a bit too soon and, and they'd break down again. That's not the case. He's taking that precautionary approach. So he may well he may well uh, he may well feature. I'll try that again. Put your teeth in Tom. It's not that early. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what do we reckon then? Galley. Will he be fit? Galley was back um, training last week he's had this injection in the groin to sort of uh, wince for a second <laughs> yeah, we'll not, we won't describe that, that again yeah, um, so you, you might think with another week's training he, he should be coming back into contention I wouldn't be surprised at all as I said earlier if Hughes we see more of Hughes this time um, so sort of fitness wise you know the you know the 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 pretty well stock you've got your you got your sort of like slightly longer term ones Bayless Billy Bowden and obviously Louis Malt's going to be next season um with Bayless and um Bowden we were told we were told sort of weeks not days so you know you'd like to think they might be back by sort of end of February into March you would have thought yeah and obviously we mentioned it earlier what what do we reckon for the system wise I mean it's it's Alex Neal's way to play four two three one. so we'll probably expect that again yeah. uh, we've had messages on uh, on Twitter that, um, why doesn't he start Nugent or Stockley mm-hmm. obviously um, against uh, I can't even remember who, who they played who did Swansea. Play? Swansea thank you <laughs> Again, it's Swansea. You've been drinking, Tom. I know. Blimey. I know. What time is it? <laughs> this has been recorded at 5 to 10 and I st- and on Tuesday, and I already can't remember who North End played on Saturday. Um, so, obviously, he started Barcazen against Swansea. Why didn't he start Nugent or Stockley? That was kind of we've, just... We've covered just, that, really. Just, that was yeah. just kind of keeping the faith. Yeah, yeah. But we wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see that changed at yeah. the weekend. But... Who drops out? Who drop out? Yeah, that's, that's always the case. Who, if, if when yeah. people want someone to come in, yeah. who do you drop? No one's in particularly bad form. That's in that side. It may not have worked necessarily for Barcazen or mm. one or two others in, on on Saturday, but 
who who do you drop? Yeah, exactly. You know, like you, it's horses for courses. Sometimes you know you do sometimes have to show loyalty to players from one game to the next. But then you've got to sort of the next one you've got to almost cold calculated look. This is going to work better. Mm. I'm sorry, but X, Y, or Z, you're going to have to drop out there. And it, it depends what he's seen in training as well. You know, if um, you know if someone's really catching his eye or not catching his eye. You know, do they deserve a place or don't they deserve a place really? But um, I, 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 I can see. You know, as I said before, maybe a sort of more out and out striker featuring, but then it's a it's a case of you know you you probably got five or six forward players competing for five positions mm. you know and someone is going to be unlucky and whoever drops out you're going to get people going well no oh, that's not fair he's not playing you know like yeah. if it was Harrop for example who dropped out I thought you know he's been really well recently but he might just not fit into what they want on that mm. day. If it's Barky not playing, he's going to be thinking, well, I scored twice at Barnsley the other day. Yeah. He ain't going to leave Scott Sinclair out. <laughs> you know, Loves so. a derby as well, doesn't he, Barky? He does. He does. Got a re- pretty good record there. So, uh, you know, playing in various sort of northwest derbies. So, it, there's a lot for Alex Neal to consider. And he's a manager and, he, you know, that's what he's paid for to, to come up with these. With, with nothing else going on in the week, if no one picks a knock-up, because we, we've seen that before... The back four will likely stay the same, won't it? It's probably at the or moment. Or coming in. Do you think? Do you think he's? Do you think that's a possibility? I do, only because of more natural left back. Another week's training under his belt. You know, from when we spoke to Alex Neal on Saturday, when he said he'd only had three training sessions and uh, sixty minutes. Yeah. By hopefully, fingers crossed, by Saturday, to train Monday, Tuesday, had Wednesday off, train Thursday, Friday. It's another four sessions under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, he might just want that sort of guarantee of a sort of more natural left-footed player there. I don't know, depending on who we're gonna gonna play down that side. Yeah, all right. Let's let's quickly touch on the Lancashire Cup then. Two-two draw with Rovers. Um, the main thing for me, obviously, at the end of the day, people aren't really that bothered about the, the Lancashire Cup and, mm-hmm. and and things like that. But the main thing for me is if you look through the the, the players that that featured, you've got. Armour, Baxter, Holland Wilkinson, O'Reilly and Dolan that were all involved. That's mm. that's that's gonna be big for them being that, involved yeah, in yeah. It, alongside first team players yeah. as well. The disappointment was, yeah, two walls were on they got beat five three on penalties against predominantly an under twenty threes Blackburn side. I think North End's star inside had seven sort of recognised seven or eight recognised first team players in. Um and you know, sprinkling the youth in, and you know, what one or two of the senior pros I thought did really, you know, really well. You know, fitted in nicely, got on with it. Huntington scored the first goal, for example. Yeah. Um, Clark was solid at right back. Shoes came in at left back and had his hour. He was there yeah. for a fitness issue. Ryan Ledson seemed to have a sort of <laughs> running bat, a running battle with the Rovers midfield and with the referee. And I think. Ryan Ledson f- didn't want to play 90 yeah, minutes. <laughs> no. I, th- I think the fact that it was an experienced league referee refereeing it helped Ryan Ledson. If it had been a, a sort of younger up-and-coming ref who might have been there being assessed or whatever. stricter on the rules. Very strict on the rules, you know, where I think it, Darren Hanley, the referee... He's a he's a referees in League One and League Two normally. I thought he, he handled it well. He 
you know, he spoke to Ledson two or three times. Twice he called Tom Clark over as captain to sort of say, look, calm him down. And there was that line of communication there when, you know, a younger ref might have thought, right, I'm going to get, you know, and very easily Ledson could have been sent off in that game, you know, which wouldn't have helped. I don't think the suspension, <laughs> I don't think a red card in that would have counted towards a first-team suspension, but, you know, it wouldn't have been ideal. But but for me, the sort of plus points from, from that game were... Um, the performance two lads stood out to me Adam O'Reilly and Tyrese Dolan mm. now Dolan's a second year scholar not the biggest lad in the world and you know I have to you know <laughs> I, I'm, I, neither am I Pot, so potting, I will, potting kettle over yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm you know the, this sort of if you know if you're good enough you're big enough and I think Dolan he's not the biggest lad but he he looks a real talent with the ball at his feet they gave him a sort of Bit of a free roll coming in from the left hand side, a bit of a Harrod roll mm. almost there, and he, he looked. Yeah, I thought you know he he put the corner over for the first goal for Huntington. I just think he looked keen. He wanted the ball. He wanted to get on the ball. He wasn't afraid to try stuff. He you know he wanted to take his man on, even if he got you know even if he got tackled, it wasn't the end of the world. He'd, he'd try again later. And then Adam O'Reilly came on as sub. O'Reilly actually should have played. He's on loan at Staley Bridge at the moment, mm. and he was due to play for Staley Bridge that that night. Their game was called off because of the weather, and so the sort of well the rules are you can even if you're out on loan in Lancashire Cup you can come back and play in it so they got him back and um, it was quite a late record you know just to come and play in the game so they put him on the bench and then they brought him on after half an hour Jacob Holland Wilkinson they replaced him mm-hmm. um, I think purely don't think it was any slight on Holland Wilkinson I think it was a fact that Adam O'Reilly's higher up the pecking order he's a yep. first year pro trying to get him games and this was yeah. an ideal time to get him some more football you know if he's, not gone, the on only to, way. <laughs> he's gone on loan to Staley Bridge their game was off that night so yeah. let's get him a game and I think especially second half I thought O'Reilly really came into it quite an attacking midfield role you know he, he wanted to affect the game and uh, I, I, you know I, I think he's got something to offer going forward I think the the loan at Staley Bridge will do him good, mm. you know. First team football. He's a first year pro now. He's not a kid. Well, you know, he's not a young sort of, you know, raw lad on the scholarship scheme. He is now. He, he's, he's you know he's on the pro contract, um, and I think the aim is if he does well at Staley Bridge, try and get him a higher loan after that. You mm. know, get him into get him into through. the nation. You know, get him into the national league or yeah. national league north or something. You know, progress him that way and. Uh, you know, he's an Ireland, you know, Republic of Ireland under 18, under 19 international, so he gets experience there. But, you know, with the right guidance and a bit of patience, hopefully they've discovered a pretty good player there. Yeah, you have that trio of, of Baxter, O'Reilly and, and Walker that obviously kind of were involved around the time and, and two of them got the debut against Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and they kind of you have that Baxter and O'Reilly who are obviously a bit ahead of uh, of Walker in terms of age, age and, yeah. and they're yeah, the ones older, aren't they? yeah. yeah they're the ones you kind of focus on I must just going back to uh, Tyrese Dolan I do think that Baxter and O'Reilly mm. moving away from the academy yeah. has done him the world of good because when I have watched them in the past Baxter and O'Reilly would be the ones forcing the issue would be driving that team Mm. Baxter was captain and and since they've left I think Dolan's now captain and he seems to really have taken on that responsibility and pushed on which obviously is great to see because North End don't have that extensive academy they but they they do have the the good enough players that are that are coming through it so that's obviously promising the ideal scenario would be to get these player better loans with no disrespect to the clubs that they're at but Mm. 
without being able to have that on the 23 side. And we mentioned last yeah. week about potentially having a reserve and all that sort of stuff. They can't prove to people the quality that they're at. No. So these games, these Lancashire Cup games, are really important to show not only Alex Neal, but yeah. just even potentially anyone else that comes to see what they're capable of. Yeah, and so's you know the, the low, you know Walker and O'Reilly are both out at Staley Bridge at the moment. Scouts will go to Staley Bridge to watch him, you know, and if they think uh, fancy, you know, they're, they're looking, you know, they might be a sort of conference club, you know, national league club, yeah. and off. Yeah, he's looking, he's looking all right. We could take him, and you know, they can they can steadily build up the loan experience, you know, ha- keep keep going higher, you know, if possible. You know, I think I think they're both on season long loans at. Um, Staley Bridge, but they are youth loans which do enable a break after 28 days beyond, well, after 28 days you can recall and, and move them on, you know, yep. and, and non-league football until end of March is not governed by the transfer window it's, yep. it's the old-fashioned transfer window for them, so there is potential still to move or whatever, but you just need to run a game, you know, get, getting kicked and you know, sort <laughs> of playing on, playing on dodgy pitches, you know, so just you know, it sounds a bit cliched, old-fashioned but you just need to taste a bit of sort of day in day out football, you know, and also getting shouted at a bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've seen your pros having a go and and yeah. and not just helping them through and looking after them. They're not in. They're not yeah. there to look after them. Yeah. You've got to you've got to pull your own weight essentially. Yeah. In non league, you know, they again not, there's some some players earn a good living in non league. They've, they've got a, the part time, but they get quite decent money from the club, and then they've got a decent job on the outside as well. Mm. So they want to keep that going, and the. You know, if they've got a young lad coming in from a you know football league club who they don't think is pulling the weight or whatever, they'll tell them. Yeah. They will shout. You know, like that's their livelihood here. You know, like you know, we we want to be. Do- I want to be doing well playing my non-league football to supplement. You know, to mm. keep keep bringing in a sort of decent wage to go along my normal. You know, my day job wage. You know, so they won't be afraid to dish out a relic in the two. You know, and it's what they say. What you need. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really hopeful for for these players to to push on because they look they they all look like quality players mm-hmm. uh, right lastly then we'll go to some questions from Twitter although we, we have kind of answered them as, as we've gone along so we won't we won't dwell on them too much so one that came in why didn't we sign a left back or striker I just don't think there was one well, the le- I don't think they were looking for a left back I, no. think the, I think they are happy with the Shoes and Rafferty combo at the moment. Yeah. Time will tell whether that's the right decision. A striker, I just don't. There wasn't the finance forthcoming. Yeah, from the, the right top. player for the right price. Yeah, just you wasn't know, there. To, no, to come in and so they they didn't go for it. You know, like probably a decent amount of budget we used up with Sinclair, mm-hmm. and in the end, you know, as we said, to bring in better than what they've got they would have had to go quite high and obviously those funds weren't forthcoming. Yeah, and whether that changes in the summer, wherever North mm. End end up. And as I said earlier, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. That's, yeah. In May, that's when they'll look back in January and think, were these decisions right or wrong? Yep. Uh, we had questions about the training ground again, but we're not going to go into that because it's just. I mean, there's just not there's not a lot going on. No. We might we might do maybe a, a, an yeah. episode toward maybe a, a, yeah. an international when there's not a lot going yeah. on. We'll, With we'll the training ground, the basics of it is uh, there's nothing happened, unfortunately. Now, rightly or wrongly, the opinion we all got when the planning permission was granted um, two or three summers ago now yeah. was that. Uh, work would start pretty soon and while housing in the area was needed 
you know, as a part of the same planning application was needed to fund the training ground. We all thought it was sort of retrospective to build the yeah, training ground. It wasn't entirely dependent And the on money it. would be clawed back from the selling of the houses. But yeah. now, for some reason, it's it seems to have moved the other way that they have to sell the housing yeah. or at least get um, building firms on, on board yeah. yeah, before they start financing the actual building of the training ground. Now, I think there was a piece in the... Lancashire Post very recently that a housing company who obviously they've done a deal with, they're close to getting planning permission to start building houses on that area. Now, I don't know at what stage, how, you know, whether part part of the building will have to be done and people sort of start committing to buying mm -hmm. those houses when the finance comes through or, or what, or whether the building company has paid Trevor Hemmings' companies now whether that's freeing up money, I don't know, but I don't think I don't think we're going to see a training ground for a while. And I, what's disappointing, I think, for a lot of fans is that thought the urge was at the time support the bid for the training ground because we can get Premier League players here. Yeah. We want a Premier League training ground. We want it now, and like still three years down the line, and it's yeah. not happened. It's a statement, and of it's intent, not, wasn't yeah, it? It, it's just not a very straightforward thing. If it was a if the application had been for let's build a new training ground on a, a brownfield site out of town somewhere, which was going to rack and ruin, I'm sure it would have been passed and yeah. dead easy. Or if it had been turned down, no one would have been too Instead bothered. But the course. fact it was on this golf course in a residential area, which the local residents obviously disagree with, yeah. and the fact in it's all tied in with this house, and if it was just a straight application five pictures and that was it but the fact that it's all tied in with the housing has really complicated it and um, I think a, a, a lot of fans got behind the the, um, the, the application the you know because it got to start with the first planning application passed the training ground and not the housing yep. the, the, the resubmitted one the, the, the you know when, when rather than appeal what they did was rejig the application rejig the housing side of it and and that got through, and people threw the weight behind it, but nothing's happened since the the updates we get of them are from the fans forums mm. when the questions are asked, and it, it's always last two or three it's been no further progress. The start the first couple of fans forum and the word out of the club was, yeah, we, we're hoping to start work soon, we're hoping to start work soon, but now and dates were given, but now it's sort of well we've got to wait for this housing, rightly or wrongly, you mm. know, so. I don't want to speculate too much, but I, I'm not sure if it's that high on the priorities. Money, I was, think spent, it is, money yeah. was spent on the pitches yeah. recently, so they've got good enough pitches. Yeah. I think if potentially if they can get another player in for that, that might push them up. I think it might not be a bad situation for the club from the club's point of view. I don't think they're necessarily that urgent about it. I don't think I don't by no means am I saying that they're not bothered or anything, but I think you know playing matters at the moment it does, with, with it pitches be, sorted it seems to be put on the back burner they did a yeah. lot of work the pitches are good at Springfields the, the, the pitch one the main pitch nearer the sort of buildings is very good they upgraded it during the summer did yeah. a lot of about a quarter of a million quid on that yeah. Re raised it you know to help with the drainage um, and the fact that you're spending that much on one pitch shows that you're not in a rush to leave it yeah you know, as I say, the, the actual the playing surfaces and the surroundings at Springfields are fine. It's a good gym, and whatever. Probably the, the actual building is a bit archaic. Yeah. That's a bit old-fashioned. They tried to do work in the changing rooms to spruce them up, and 
players are still coming. Scott Sinclair's happy to go and sit in there, you know. So having come from Celtic Park, yeah, yeah. But you know, lo- longer term, you you want to, you know, players now are becoming it's part of the thing. Well, what's your training facilities like, you mm. know? So yeah, the pictures will look alright, but what's the gym like, you know? This is it. Spend a lot of the time there. Yeah, what, what's the physio rooms like, you know? What's the What's the gym like? Uh, where's the, is the canteen nice? Is it a nice thing? Is there, yeah. is there a room to go and watch your videos and you know to prepare for games? You know, it's it's all about that. So, but uh, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of players just want to train and go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Get get stu- get sorted and uh, go home on their Xbox. But or, I think it will. I think it will be a longer running. You know, we're, yeah. we're probably looking at a couple of years at least. I would have thought. So. Yeah. Maybe accelerated if North End get promoted. Yeah, but yeah. as as will most things yeah but dave i think that's about us for this week Mm -hmm. Uh, just to let people know next week we'll be recording on tuesday again because obviously with the stoke game on wednesday we're unable to record on thursdays because of press conferences and things like that so the week after will be a big episode with um with the stoke game in there uh anything else anything else to add dave before we go can they do it on a wet Wednesday night in Stoke? <laughs> that, 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 we can wheel out that cliche. Yeah. So uh, no, just it's a big month. This seven games squashed into the shortest month of the year. Yeah, and they've had got an month. extra day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's Fulham, isn't it? On the 29th. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we've got an extra day. But you know, league-wise, they probably played three, three or four games in January at the most. But you know, suddenly we've got seven. This is a really defining month. This, mm. I think, by by the time we get to having played Fulham. Having played seven games in February, I think the the whole league will start to have some shape about it. We'll probably know who's going, who's who's likely to be challenging for automatic. There will only be ten games left after um, after February, which is not a lot. No, you know, and uh, so I think I think we'll be um, well down the line to knowing how the season is going to turn out. At the same time, it would not surprise me in the slightest if after these. We, with 10 games left after this month everyone is still about a point apart because the championship is just absolutely I, I think mad. someone's got to start putting a run together at some point yeah and you'd, you'd fancy it to be someone like West Brom or Leeds or West or Brom I think West Brom Brentford. brought well Leeds yeah. are just I don't know there's just some I don't, yeah. I don't know psychologically there yeah. whether the they fans, probably the fans they, get a taste for it and yeah if, if Leeds get their strongest team on the pitch they're great to watch and they're a very very good team but I think the weight of expectation mm. the fact they blew up a bit last year is that playing on the minds a little bit is that going to weigh heavily on them there yeah. doesn't seem to be as much the same pressure on West Bromwich Albion for example who are yeah. really you know like made some good bit really Callum Robinson Grzyski yeah. you know like they've you know they've done Lee Peltier came in from, from Cardiff they've signed some very seasoned players to get him out of this division. Just smart, just yeah, smart, yeah. good signing. Sav- savvy players from the championship to get him out of the championship. Then they'll worry about yeah. the, if they get up, they'll worry about the Premier League. They'll worry about the Premier League in the in the summer. You know, so and, uh, but it's, it, for me, it's who, who's going to emerge from that. You got that big swarm of clubs trying to get in the uh, the playoffs. Yeah. You got teams like Fulham in there who are looking strong, but anyone else, you know, you got North End, Forest, Bristol City. Chef Wednesday looked like they were going to march it not mm. too long ago. They've slid back, you know. Yeah. So even, even Rovers aren't Ro- too far yeah, away. Yeah, Blackburn aren't far away, you know. So Swansea, who played on Saturday, remember yeah. Tom? Yeah, remember well, we, yeah. it was yeah. Swansea oh, we yeah, played. Swansea. Yeah, of course yeah, it was. yeah. 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 Uh, you know, point. all in the mix. Bristol City up there and yeah. saying Wells is that going to kick them on? But they've lost Brownhill, so yeah. it, it's going to be an f- absolutely fascinating battle and. 
a lot of teams are still playing, still got each other to play yet. You know, I know North End have got Leeds out of the way. We've played them twice now, played Rovers twice, but we've got to go to Bristol City, we've got to go to Brentford, you know, got to go to Chef Wednesday. Mm. So, all to play for, really. And a brief moment of silence for Hull City, who have oh. lost their two best players in the last day of the window. It was, yeah, to look, I, think, I think there was always that risk they were going to use uh, Jared Bowen at yeah. one point, and he's a hell of a player. He's a really good, a, a goal-scoring wing, winger. Wide yeah. attacker, is that right? Um, yeah. And then to lose him and Grzyski on the same day. <laughs> I know they signed Malik Wilkes, haven't they, to try and... Yeah, Marcus pre- I think Madison. They, yeah, I think they preempted... Wilkes came in, preempted almost Grzyski going because yeah. he was coming to the end of his contract. Uh, so they got a bit more money for him. But to lose your two best players on the same day and then to get beat 5-1 <laughs> at home <laughs> in front of the cameras oh. by Brentford oh. is not the way to follow it up. Um, no. the, yeah, you said they got Marcus Madison in on loan from Peterborough. Whether he he never played at championship level before, will he yeah. have that really big effect? But that just shows, you know, how you know Hull, Hull were going okay actually. You know, they yeah. tore they tore North End oh. a new one, didn't yeah. they? In November, big style. Big the, two, style. the two players who helped do that are both gone now. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. Uh, and and uh, just couldn't deal with them on the day. Right, well that is us. Uh, if you want to. Keep in touch with us. Make sure to follow uh, at LEP Football on Twitter and uh, get in touch on Facebook as well to see all our stories that are going up every day. Some North End coverage. Uh, keep in touch with myself at Tom Sandals on Twitter and at Seds LEP on Twitter for Dave. So all that's left to say is uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.